All of our files are free and will remain free. If you like the show, you can show support by donating $1 to help with expenses. Just use the PayPal link on our website, YouTube channel, or Facebook page. Thanks. And welcome back to part two of this program today where we're examining what we could call the spooky aspects of COVID-19. I guess it should come with a warning label. (laughs) If you have weak nerves, (laughs) don't listen to this. Okay, so I I guess we should just pick up where we left off. And you were trying to tell me about this anti-malaria combined with anti the biotic drug that has shown very promising results in terms of medicinating infected people. In fact, 100% um, cure, although, of course, the sample groups are very small, so that doesn't mean too much, but still, 100% is promising. So, um, yeah, want to take it from there? Sure. Uh, So you probably all have seen Trump uh, talk about hydroxychloroquine or chloroquine. And um, uh, Fauci, the guy who is the little guy with the gray hair, right? Mm. He's the one who who folds his arms. Reminds me of an Italian mafioso. Yeah. (laughs) He's uh, always sneering and saying it's not uh, approved yet. And, you know, that's Trump shouldn't be saying that. Mm. Um, And you always wonder what's going on in the background. What, why is he saying that? If it's, if it's curing these people and these people are all dying, why is he, what, what motive would he have? Uh, so a lot of people think he's uh, got money uh, somehow invested with the Bill Gates Foundation and this global fund. Uh, you may be familiar with Amazing Polly on the YouTube. Uh, and that's their, their thesis is that this global fund uh, put this kind of war criminal Tedros into the head of the, the WHO. Uh, and they're releasing viruses and looking the other way when these weapons are being used. And, and it's quite quite an involved thing. Mm. And and I, I tend to come at it at a different angle. I look at things that were developed in their lab, in Fauci's lab, under Fauci's control, and under the people at Fort Detrick. And for other diseases, and and then look at if they took a financial interest in those things, uh, in a financial interest that's especially a hidden financial interest, an undisclosed financial interest, a lot of times, I believe, leads to the motive, leads mm. to the motive. Mm. So if you remember in our first part, we talked about this glycoprotein 120, and normally that'd be a technical thing you'd never have to remember. GP 120 is this shorthand way of saying it. But Dr. Fauci took out all these patents on glycoprotein-120 at the same time that all of these glycoprotein-120 genes are appearing for the first time in the coronavirus. Hmm. Now, I find that very odd. And you can Google Fauci, GP-120, and patent, and you will see the four patents he has. Now, normally, you wouldn't go out of your way. He's been working in in AIDS for 30 years, 35 years. You wouldn't go out of your way to patent something after the fact uh, uh, 30 years later unless you may have had foreknowledge that it was going to be needed uh, soon. 
So, um, so he patented yeah. this 30 years ago? No, he's been working with it for 30 years, but he patented it just in 2016, 17 mm. time frame and, mm. and just received the patent in 2018. Mm. So that that's not good. But when you then look at another guy on that same stage, which is this Dr. Redfield, who is uh, sort of looks like C. Everett Coop. I don't know if you remember uh, our Surgeon General, our colorful Surgeon General, uh, but he has sort of a kind of an Amish beard, a gray beard, bald guy. Right, uh, right. I don't know if you, yeah, he's up there too. Well, he worked with Dr. Fauci on AIDS drugs uh, going back uh, to 1992. He was under investigation by the U.S. Army for running private trials and not telling the FDA about private trials. Jesus. So he's a proven Frankenstein. Right. But but it gets better because he, he was running those trials for glycoprotein 160. Well, it turns out glycoprotein 160 is the precursor to glycoprotein 120. Um, and it creates glycoprotein 120 and glycoprotein 41. Well, both of those just happen to be in the coronavirus mm. as well. So now you've got a two for two. Um, so the the third oddity is that there's this and a malarial drug that's been around for 30 years. Um, and it's a relative of hydroxychloroquine. And it's called, uh, I believe it's tafenoquine, T-A-F-E-N-O-quine. Hmm. And what these things tend to be is the quine on the end uh, puts them all in the same, usually the same drug family. And they, they've been modified slightly in the lab. For for one reason or or another, um, there the, you you may want um, them to have more of a um, not to cause uh, upset stomach, so you put a buffer in the drug, or you may may want them to work better with children, and so you weaken it a little bit, or you may want to change the molecule because it it causes certain side effects. So they modify the molecule and then they change the name just slightly. So this was an anti-malaria drug, just like hydroxychloroquine and chloroquine, uh, tafenoquine. Well, all of a sudden, 30 years later, again, it looks like Fauci and Redfield and, and so forth are involved in this uh, hmm. uh, patenting again. There is this gentleman who uh, also works there at Fort Detrick, who, who also uh, was in, in I don't know if that noise is going to yeah, be. Yeah, there is a noise there. Yeah, let, 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 let me restate uh, after the noise gets over. So there, there also is a drug company that these guys are involved in at with these actors at Fort Detrick. So it's this Dr. Bavari also has this sort of history. He had the four different startups at the University of Nebraska we talked about with mm. students going back and forth to Wuhan. But then there's also this other company called Nordic Bavari, Nordic Bavari. Uh, <laughs> Doesn't sound good. <laughs> well, Bavaria. Yeah, I tell you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's the combination you didn't want. <laughs> it's the it's the Nazis you didn't want coming yeah. to uh, Vermont, you know. <laughs> and I'm just waiting for you to say that Bayer is involved somehow. Bayer. You mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you have uh, a real gem uh, in Sweden, uh, which is Carl Bildt. Oh yeah! Oh my God! Yes, and, and Mr. Mr. NATO there. Um, yeah, we know him. Uh, yeah, and 
so it, in making Sweden uh, a NATO country, it seems like the only thing he, he ever thinks about. But mm-hmm. um, so so that is interesting that they're they're taking this drug that's been out for a long time for treating malaria, and now they're bringing that out. And this Nordic Bavari company is looks like a combi- combination of Cena Bavari, uh, who's has the four startups in Nebraska. And also this other gentleman by the name of, I don't know how you say it, J-E-N-S, Jens. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a Scandinavian male named Jens. Oh, Jans, yes, yes. Jans, okay, Jans. Mm. Uh, uh, Kuhn, uh, K-U-H-N. Uh, K-K-U-H-N, yeah, mm. Kuhn. Well, it turns out he ran uh, for a long time. Uh, this he, he worked for this company named Battelle. Uh, in Columbus, Ohio, which I was chasing uh, because they were doing nuclear diversion, n- hmm. selling Iran nuclear uh, technology. Um, again, Bavari is an Iranian, uh, so that's scary. Hmm. Uh, and then this Jens guy ran Russia's biosafety lab for. So not, again, you would think he, we, he would be, he's written all these books about bioweapons, not defense. Right? Mm. He worked at a Russian bioweapons lab. He also somehow became involved in the health ministry of Congo, sort of like the neighboring country of Ethiopia. Th- th- that's where Ebola broke out, isn't it? Just a couple of days ago. As soon as uh, Trump cut the funding uh, for WHO, the next day, WHO declares a pandemic in Ebola. No, like recently? Yes. The, I haven't the, heard the, about this. Yes, Jeez. yes. In, in the next day after Trump cut the funding, they declared a pandemic Fucking in Ebola crazy. in Congo. Lunatics, because Ebola, if that ever was weaponized, we would, uh, I mean, for the contagiousness, like like we're seeing for the uh, corona, we, we are done. That's 50% lethality, man. Yeah, well, and I have done some research of uh, his speeches, Bavari speeches. This is this Nordic Bavari company. They, all the pictures in their in their literature, by the way, are not Bavaria. They're all in Scandinavia, up up by you. Mm. But um, all he talks about is Ebola, 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 Ebola. Now, if you follow the progression here, is you could have, let's say, combination bullets here. Coronavirus. All you care about that, like your doctor guest said, that's just for vectoring. That's just for aerosolizing. That's just for a transmissibility. Mm. You can put anything you want in the payload. Jeez. So you, you start with, you know, maybe HIV, but then you have Ebola. We actually had an Ebola-type mort- uh, uh, organism here on this island, Cobb Island in Maryland, uh, where one person lost their life and the other person's leg was, you know, almost eaten. Yeah, but wasn't wasn't that uh, the one coming from Africa, from Congo? Uh, that case it was not Ebola, but it was Ebola-like. Uh, oh, okay. But this, if 2015 with Ebola, I believe. Yeah. We had a guy. That's the one I was referring to. Yeah. Maybe it was, a, it was 2013, but anyway, yeah. the student came back from the university, uh, Columbia University. And he went to Methodist Hospital. My son was a doctor at the hospital at that time. It's the reason why I remember. But mm. so, but they contained him uh, when he got back. They did contain it, and they did an exemplary work containing it in Africa too. Because the real threat was if it 
would break loose in Nigeria, it would be all over the world. But Nigeria managed to contain it. Now, sure. I'm asking you, do you know if this recent outbreak is the classical Ebola or is there any indication that this may be a new strain? Don't know. Don't know. It's so new. Because it this just, could be the, you know, the, the bastard child of Corona and Ebola. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. And I hate to say it, but these bioweapons, uh, somehow the outbreaks are always very near the richest uranium mines in Congo. Mm-hmm. They're somehow always near silver mines. They're always near gold mines um, or, or vast. Well, what, what, what's the potential significance of that? Well, if I have a tribe that's in the wrong place, right, and then yeah, and then we had three different outbreaks of of cholera, if you remember, uh, in uh, in Ethiopia that Dr. Tedros of the World Health Organization managed to miss each time. He called it watery diarrhea each time, mm. but each one of those, they were taking different parts of neighboring countries of of Ethiopia, so Somalia in particular, where they're they're doing a lot of drilling for oil and gas, and also minerals as well. So this whole uh, history here seems to share a lot with a very famous family that we have in America named Struck family that wanted to take Trump down with a dossier in 2016. Oh, they were involved in that fake yeah. operation. Yeah, that was a major yeah. uh, uh, failure. <laughs> yes, a failure. But this could have been the insurance policy. We don't know, but we, we know that the, the, the CIA has used bioweapons uh, frequently. Um, in yeah, to, and in the spy world, they, they also yeah, use Yeah, in the spy world, especially in Africa where it's not going to be noticed, not going to be reported. Mm. The Middle East where it's not going to be reported. Mar- uh, Mark Mazzetti of the New York Times reports that chemical weapons were used by ISIS 77 times yeah. in Iraq. But, you know, who cares? It's over there. Just for the record, all the three times Syria was blamed, the Syrian uh, government was blamed for chemical weapons, all three times has been proven in the aftermath was the so-called rebels. But, you know, the uh, Al-Siyadah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ISIS. Well, and, they came, and those stores, those chemical weapons stores came directly from of the captured uh, chemical weapons, U.S. made uh, mm. chemical weapons uh, from uh, Gaddafi, mm-hmm. and they were transported over there. So, yeah. So, in our series, uh, I've been doing this for three and a half years, and we follow the agency that manages the movements of these things, called the Defense Threat Reduction Agency, which Peter Struck was a part of. Mm. And it's it just seems to be these dark weapons move always. Is this their hand always seems to be on the movement of this material, and it always seems to get diverted to Africa. It's supposed to be used in, in Afghanistan, but somehow it gets diverted to Africa or Eastern Europe. It's some, it should be used in the Middle East, but somehow it gets diverted to Africa and Haiti. And it, it just surprises you. Always, always these uh, poor countries who have poor development of control and reporting the, these things. It's like the dark alley, back alley of the world where they can run havoc yeah. 
with people that even also independent of this would regard as you know subhuman not, not that i think they have any higher regard of the rest of us right <laughs> right crazy bastards but it's they they are mangalas uh, frankensteins and, and people need to wake up to this enormous threat that both chemical and bioweapons pose to the world it's not just an exotic war far, far away that doesn't concern you you see today how much this concerns you and even if we can't take on yellow vests right now and go out in the streets everyone who listens to this i implore you to engage somehow some way in this yeah. if nothing else spread this show and alert people to to what's going on because if we're not waking up to this there's we can't stop them they're doing whatever they like with no repercussion no oversight no penalty yeah, yeah it's true and I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly that the best way to, to stop it is to add light, to mm. show light, because I can't remember who said, just shine a light and the darkness disappears by itself. Mm. Uh, that's I found that to be true over and over again. If you just shine a light on these things, it, it it's the best, sunlight is the best disinfectant. And it is because it is a dark corner of the world where nobody has, uh, you know, especially in these remote villages, has cell phones or or cameras or anything to record a, a lot of this. Mm -hmm. I just happen to have a year and a half in a very uh, immigrant neighborhood in Washington, D.C., <clears throat> from Africa, from the, from this belt of Africa. So I was talking to these drivers, Lyft drivers and so forth, mm -hmm. coming from these countries, fleeing from these countries, or who had parents back in these countries, Ethiopia, uh, Eritrea, Djibouti, Mm. Um, the places where there was breakouts in uh, with Guinea and uh, Ivory Coast, Cote d'Ivoire and, and Burkina Faso and these countries that were directly affected, Gabon, uh, by the Ebola and, and the other outbreaks. And it's very much, I mean, when you get into the details, it looks like a bioweapon. I mean, we have the, the top scientists in the uh, or excuse me, the top legal uh scientist in the world who wrote the law the biosafety law for america francis boyle he's the guy who, who uh, uh prosecuted slobodan milosevic hmm. he says bioweapon 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 so you have to look at these experts and have to give them some credence that they know what they're talking about yeah and uh, like i said uh, in part one if the chinese and russia official says it you should uh, fair enough, you don't want to put much stock in what the official says, but then it's irrational to put more stock in what, for example, the American official says. <laughs> right, yeah. <Especially laughs> is there anyone who has a track record of manipulating the public? It is the American officials. Yeah. Uh, Libya, Syria, oh, yeah. Yeah. Iraq. Especially when they have an interest, they have a financial yeah. interest, and yeah. you can show the financial interest, that's when it's... Um, this this gen, Jens uh, Kuhn is a very interesting person, um, having worked at this company named Battelle and then gone to um, there's another interesting foundation called Geneva, the Geneva Foundation that they seem to be using to to move money around. And we're going to be looking more at that. But if you remember the the impeachment, a lot of the people that were involved in the impeachment, uh, the Vinmans, the Colonels, uh, twins, mm -hmm. uh, and some of the other people. That what about this Schiff? I've heard he's been enrolled in the Epstein um, network. Yeah, well, they we have actually IP addresses from devices they've owned, and we have Schiff talking to Struck, 
throughout the impeachment. And then there's these three kind of weapons brokers, these three Russian weapons brokers that they present as people that were ratting on Trump. But in actual fact, they are also communicating with Schiff and, and, and Strzok. So there's a lot of mm-hmm. contrary evidence under the surface uh, that we present in our series. So it, it, it just bears more sunlight. It needs more uh, daylight uh, to see what's really going on. Not only that, but people like you who report on these things need also to be known because that's your best protection because you're really delving into stuff that can get you killed. Right. So the more people hear you speak about these things, the less then they will have to do an Assange or something if they really want to take journalists like you down. Uh, but uh, again, that's a little better than just finishing you off in the darkness, you know. Or, yeah. or you, oh, what a coincidence! He got a viral infection, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You have well, to be very yeah. ke- careful, George. Yeah, and I've had uh, an incident with my family already with this, so uh, it was very scary. But um, my my child is is better now, but. Um, I did have somebody who was from, who did advise the State Department, who did work with the Strucks in the military, uh, in um, in several of these countries like Eritrea and Djibouti, mm. uh, Camp Lemonnier there, uh, where there's a very large military presence that most people don't know about, and he was from Norfolk, Virginia, where this, where most of these covert weapons operations occur. CIA too, isn't Langley, North C- Virginia? Yeah, Nor- Norfolk, Virginia, and that's where all the uh, General Grange shipped all the weapons from for Libya, for Syria, mm. you know, Sudan, Yemen, etc. And I did get the veiled threat, which is, well, I don't know if it's a veiled threat. We're going to Jonestown your family. We're going to Waco your family. Okay, overt threats. Yeah, overt threat, yeah. And then, you know, I'm five minutes away sending mm. Uh, on the phone, and it's, it's. I think it was to try to see if I would shake or be afraid or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you know, it's just enough murky that Jonestown, your family, you know, Jonestown with James, yeah. with all these people, and um, that's, Waco. Where, that's where the expression "Kool Aid" comes from. Drinking, the yeah, Kool-Aid. yeah, <laughs> drink the Kool Aid, <laughs> and then of course uh, Waco, and then mentioning flamethrowers in the next sentence. Jeez. So that's. But I think that's the initial thing. And if you keep going, like you say, you end up having a kind of immunity because then if you get taken out, it only gives credence to your reporting exactly. yeah, and, and makes you a martyr. Exactly. Yeah. It has to be like a public takedown. Yeah. yeah. And that's worse. Yeah. So if I get sick, I'll, I'll call you back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but if there is... Uh, okay, let me put it this way. I remember some years ago in the techno genre... There was uh, this viral hit, pun intended, um, from an Italian DJ. And to my (laughs) amazement, he's involved here too. Can you go a little into that part of the story? Yes, I can. Uh, did you come about that story outside of my reporting or, no, or no, through? No, no, it, no. It's from you. It's from you. Okay, yeah. Well, there's this family. Um, and he had a huge hit a few I, years ago. Well, just one second. Yeah. It's okay. Okay, hold on. Hope we can edit this out. <laughs> yeah, we will uh, fix it. But uh, I'm glad you have the guardians anyway. Yeah. So the okay. family. Yeah, it was a huge hit uh, a few years ago. So I was uh, pretty intrigued and amused that... There's a connection there. 
<laughs> well, well, yeah. So, and now we don't think. I don't know if that means Nazi, uh, which ah. means a good Nazi. Yeah. But uh, anyway, the first patient of the coronavirus, we believe through through various sources. Yeah. So the Nazis are interesting because they are a sports family who happened to be in Wuhan uh, during this outbreak. They're in Wuhan competing as athletes in these military games. Uh, and if you look at all the studies from, uh, from the various people that are doing the gene sequencing and so forth and the epidemiology, they say it either broke out in Wuhan at the end of October or early November from a large gathering. This is the epidemiology. This is just doing sticks and pins and then showing the spread to all the different countries, all 150 different countries. It had to be a mass gathering mm -hmm. uh, where everybody then got on a plane and then simultaneously left. And the only, um, the only uh, event that fits that bill is this, these world military games that were there. There was 250. Oh my God, military games. There's always drills. When there's a false flag, black op, something like that, they always have these uh, drills going parallel. That's like one right. of the traits, uh, according to Dr. Oh, what's his name again? The expert in, in false flags. Um, oh, I totally blank on his name, but people listening knows. <laughs> uh, you mean in Norway? Uh, Oli Damagard? No, no, he's he's American. Uh, I just forget his name right now. He he's like an he analyzed nine eleven everything. Um, oh, what's his name? Anyway, that, that's just a red flag for me. Yeah, that well, there's there a lot of military. Dream. Yeah, yeah, sure. Go on. Yeah, well, uh, so yeah, there's these military games, and everyone uh, there's ten thousand athletes, but there's two hundred fifty thousand volunteers. Wow. So this is interesting. Uh, so it it fits the bill. So I thought, well, I'll look into these a little bit better because there's two of them there. And mm. I looked into resume, and he's the of NATO. Mm. Now that's pretty high up. That's as high as you get. And uh, we had a Allied commander in 2016 named James Jones that was using a, a robot uh, software to create uh, sort of uh, cheer bots for your candidate. It was called ShadowNet. James Jones had used his company had had gotten the rights to this and and was using it to create bots uh, in the 2016 election. So it just was strange that he worked for him. Uh, these games are put on by NATO, and NATO had put in as many athletes as they possibly could hmm. to this to these games. Well, I started looking at the uh, name, uh, and he ended up working at Fort Belvoir, and also. I happened to be working in the hospital. And I thought that was interesting. He's an intelligence operative, top career for the Supreme Allied Commander, but also working in the hospital. And I thought, that that's odd. It seems like a place where you could go to see if people are sick or not and test positive for an antigen, but it doesn't seem like a place where she should be um, if she's over at Fort Belvoir. Well, anyway, Fort Belvoir here in Virginia is the head of the Intelligence Command. That's where all of our intelligence services mm. report back into. That's the same place all these IP addresses from Schiff and Strzok and these three uh, Russian, uh, Ukrainian arms brokers, that's where they all kind of track back to. So it seemed like this was the testing arm, if you will, for Fort Dietrich. 
Fort Detrick was sort of the research and development. Fort Belvoir is sort of the testing and deployment, you know, mm. the, the operationalizing of this thing, right? Mm. So I did a little more checking just to make sure that I wasn't going down a uh, rabbit hole. And I found, uh, I went into WikiLeaks and looked for this name. And I find all kinds of NATO couriers. And then this other name is the head of the armories. So they have what's called a national armament director. And that's the person who has uh, the say, the sway over the chemical weapons and biological weapons and nuclear weapons. And uh, I'm like, wow, that's a coincidence. There's another. Mm. Well, then I started looking at the epidemiological studies and a lot of it goes to Iran uh, and these Iranian prisoners get infected. A lot of it goes to Milan. There's a huge uh, area. Ah, Milan. Yeah, right. Yeah, Milan. There's a huge area in the Chinese section of Milan. I didn't know this, but because of the sweatshops in China and the owners in, in uh, Milan, about 20% of Milan now is is uh, fashion. Uh, the fashion district is Chinese. Mm. And, and all these Chinese went back and forth. Uh, for the uniforms of the athletes. So then I started thinking, wow, uh, were they infected at the games? And then it all came back. And the reason why Italy is the hotspot, because they were somehow sprayed or something, or just there was something going on at the closing ceremonies or in practicing for the closing ceremonies. And then, then all these Iranians also were affected. And I thought, well, we you know, Iran's our sworn enemy, death to Israel, all these things, you know, mm. so I, I I thought there's a person on the, we had put them at that time on the um, terrorist nation list. So, mm. so, so I just look at these, again, facts, looking at the maps, and then just saying, hey, uh, more, more needs to be answered here. But, but yeah. to cap it all off was the final was this. <laughs> and he's the DJ for Madonna. And so is his, another relative also DJs for Madonna. Hmm. And they just happen to be doing these concerts all over the place in the hotspots where uh, we've had the big breakouts in, in America. And I thought, oh, my God, I hope they're not spraying something at the concerts. You know, that, that would just be the worst. That's, that, yeah, but that's a perfect way if you want something out. Concerts. Yeah. Parties. Uh, again, a large group. Hmm. Well, then, I mean, I, I say, well, this can't be any more coincidental. Uh, this can't have any connection to the dossier, the Trump dossier. There can be no, I mean, I would really have to strain. Well, I said, well, let's just take one of their DJs. So we took the top DJ, of, and her name's, she's an international model, beautiful, but she's at all these same events. Hmm. Well, it turns out that the guy who... Uh, is sending his private armies, okay, uh, from Ukraine to all these different mass protests in China, mm -hmm. is somebody she works for, and that's this guy named Kolomoisky. He's this guy. Hang on, I didn't even know. So, so China doesn't use their own riot police; they import uh, what you call it, private military. What's that called? Mercenaries yeah, yeah. from from Ukraine. Uh, yes. So, so in, remember the. But those are Nazis, right? Those are the I'm, Nazi I'm, people. Yes, these are the Nazi people. These are the blood and soil people. These are the Labed people. They fought in Syria the, too, right? Yeah. They, these are the uh, what do you call it? The um, Pravi sector. So they, 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 this guy Kolomoisky is the same guy who bankrolled the takedown of Trump, right? Mm. 
He's the one who wants Crimea back. He's the one who has all these different airlines. He has all these different television companies. He's 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 the one who kind of put Zelensky in as the Ukrainian mm. uh, prime minister, right? That guy, okay? Mm-hmm. He's the one who keeps getting the $17 billion from IMF uh, every two years, and he has his private bank, and we keep losing the money, and we keep giving him $1.7 billion in, in USAID that he loses every two years, and so it's just this. So, 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 so we're talking like a Ukrainian version of Blackwater. Yes, that's exactly Ukrainian version of Blackwater. He's got four different armies that I know of: Dnieper one, two, and three, and then Azov. Hmm. Well, I okay, I say okay, she works for him. That's fine, but maybe she just—it's a PR thing. Hmm. But then her husband is the guy who did the dossier uh, when when. Uh, struck offshore the dossier to this crime unit in Kiev. It was called the Nabu crime unit. That was run by a guy named Lashenko. So she's married to Lashenko, the guy who was doing all the dossiers on the Trump family and the, and the travel schedule of the Trump family during mm. the last takedown. Mm. I said, Oh my God, it's all the same people that are doing this takedown. <laughs> Only it's bioweapons now. Mm. Maybe it's just a psychological operation and it's not that bad a bioweapon, but there has to be some kind of component there. Look at it. I mean, shut down the, the world here. So uh, it just was amazing how quickly, even just looking at the only one DJ, uh, how quickly. And, and the connection there is he was put out as the um, first victim in Milan. So... So, so, so technically, this could have been spread involuntary by these people. Yeah, it, it, let's take Hong Kong, for instance. I think it was the first of the year, all, uh, right around there. All of a sudden, uh, when the World Health Organization and China come out and say it's, a, it's spreading, at the end of the year was when World Health Organization… Huge protests in Hong Kong, right? Huge protests at that mm. time. Mm. Now the Azov Brigade, Kolomoisky's Azov Brigade, is there. Mm. Uh, supposedly protesting along with their brothers in China. Why are they there? It just seems like they're there for no good reason. Where do they get the plane tickets? Where did, you know, Kolomoisky has this airline. How on earth did they get access? Entrance? Yeah. Yeah. How would they get in? Normal people having trouble getting in. <laughs> yeah. And, and what were they even protesting other than yeah. the Chinese government, you know? Yeah. So they're paid mercenaries. And they, this group, the same group, was used during the Maidan. Mm. Um, and they, they, they had snipers. They shot people on both sides. They shot 20 police officers. They shot 40 protesters. And it created a huge, like we have now, huge disturbance so that now somebody else can be brought in to quell the uh, unrest and, and take over. Mm. Shock doctrine. Yeah. So I just found it amazing connections between the Trump dossier and this yeah. Yeah. this patient, this public patient zero. And, and that's a lot of for one story. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> but like I said, if you want to look at it with goodwill, it could also be then spread without them being aware. There's a, right. There's a scenario for that too, right? Yeah, there's a, definitely a scenario, but... When you look at um, Carl Bildt, and you look at Carl Bildt, his days... In- Huge Swedish oligarch, if people don't know. Yeah. One, of yeah. the, one of the few handful of players that runs Sweden. And really wants Sweden to be in NATO. And 
was in charge of using a lot of, of very uh, nasty weapons of war in um, in both Bosnia and Yugoslavia and mm. bringing in mercenaries. Uh, on uh, and to give context, Sweden is one of the few Western countries who hasn't joined NATO. Right. And NATO, oh, there's a Nazi lair if ever there was one. Yes. Direct ties to how it originated and, and also when it comes to the military aspect of NATO – it's been this Nazi philosophy all the time. Sure. You know, the scandals with stay behind troops. Yeah. Um, yeah. I forgot the name of the operation, but up until uh, the 90s and the 2000s, there was these Nazi networks that were uh, the the military branch of NATO. So it's not just poetic. Uh, it's not just derogatory use of the term when we call it Nazi. Right. It's, it's historic times. Well, the Gladio, the Gladio operation. Gladio, there you go. Operation Gladio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. was was certainly the stay behind Arby's and caching weapons and so forth. Yeah. And if you look at Madeleine Albright, her father was involved. This Corbel Joseph Corbel for the stay behind armies all in East. It's just the same group of people. And mm. it's just hard to, the Strucks kind of get their start in toward the end there in, in Bosnia, mm. uh, in Kosovo. So, uh, and Peter Strucks father, uh, has the same history with, you know, flying groups in and, and flying mercenaries in. And so it, it is sort of this dark weapons crew. And, and that's, that's really where my, my story tends to focus on and, and pulling uh, all these threads together. Mm. But w what do you say to those who say, well, because, you know, they can't just fathom that people do these things. So they say, well, I believe it's like a natural mutation and, um, because they, they really believe that all the, they, they, okay, so everything is a conspiracy. Everything is, is warfare. Are there never any natural mutations? I mean, they do believe every destructive modern virus is natural. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so this is what they tend to believe about this too. Uh, is there any, I mean, how can we, how can we make them aware? Well, if you think about it, a chemical weapon, uh, like in Syria, leaves behind all these residues so you know it's man-made. Mm. So you have a, a lot of explaining to do in investigations that need to be done in the case of Syria and Ghouta as well as uh, Aleppo. Which is why which is why they rush to blame uh, the Syrian government before there's any professional investigation because then they can't use it politically. But but a bioweapon the the advantage of it is it has that deniability where you can immediately call anybody who says it's a bioweapon a conspiracy theorist, and then you can keep using your bioweapon. It's the beauty of the bioweapon. Mm. So uh, that's why we have to go to the genome and go to the genomic studies and talk about these probabilities and how improbable it would be that a virus goes for 58 years and all of a sudden has three, you know, all of a sudden has three new HIV uh, genes. Mm. It's just hard to believe. And the fact that Fauci and Redfield are putting in patents at the same time for the, exactly those genes is just a little bit beyond more than suspicious. Yeah. So I, I think if you cry wolf all the time and you cry conspiracy all the time, uh, it does wear on people after a while. But if you're selective and really do the digging and collect the evidence and say, hey, I just want you know an ear here to listen to the evidence, 
I think um, that's that's better. Unfortunately, there's so many different you know folks out there with so many different theories. Um, that's why I try to build bridges to people who are more scientists, mathematicians, yeah. etc., et that are closer to these studies uh, in scientific literature. Yeah, that's clever. Uh, and I like your style. You always substantiate your argumentation, references. That's important. Yeah. But there was a friend of mine. He's, he told me the other day that uh, I'm so beating myself up for not writing down the name. There was, you may have mentioned him already for all I know, but okay. there's this American who's got millions of dollars uh, cooperating with the Chinese about bio. Oh, you, you mean Hunter, Hunter Biden or. Or, no, I didn't know. Is Hunter Biden involved in bioweapons? <laughs> I didn't know. Well, well, no, uh, but there is this uh, kind of murky transfer of a billion and a half dollars with the China nuclear group. And what tip, typically happens in these programs is you don't, you know, you make a deal for nuclear, and nuclear is the thing that every, is above the board, but then there's a bio and chemical component below the board. The three go together. Wow. So I'm I'm not saying that that's a bioweapons deal, but that's where I would start looking, because it is with a state-run Chinese government entity, and it is in the nuclear triad. The triad is nuclear, chemical, and biolog biological. Now, there may be a whole bunch of other transactions. I'm just saying that's the yeah. first place I would start looking. You know, Bill Gates uh, has been deeply involved in vaccines. Sure. And whatever people think of vaccines, uh, it's not necessarily a dichotomy. I mean, we should really, if we talk about vaccines, we should talk about specific vaccines because some work wonders and some do more harm than good. And for the latter, Bill Gates was involved in India and it was a huge failure because... Yeah it's really accelerated the disease and it went as far as the Indian government banning this vaccine program. It it just collapsed in in a huge scandal. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's ties to that oligarch too. Do you know anything about that? Um, so Gates uh, was, I, I was familiar with uh, Fauci pushing that um, it was the measles, I believe, the measles uh, mm. vaccine. Um, so there's uh, a lot of uh, – I'm not as versed there uh, other, with Gates being thrown out. I'm familiar with that whole story. But, um, but no ties does, to Gates and Wuhan, Corona. Yeah, well, there's this Perbright uh, Foundation, P-I-R-B-R-I-G-H-T. Um, it appears to have a connection with the Wellcome Trust. The Wellcome Trust is a group out of sort of a MI6 type cutout group in, in London. Mm. Um, and they respond to a lot of these uh, viruses. A lot of the biosafety labs are Perbright biosafety labs in, in the London area. There's also a company by the name of Port and Down that does a lot of, of joint ventures with DynCorp, a guy named Steve Feinberg. And I've been reporting on that for DynCorp for three and a half years and talking about how they've been doing these bioweapons. They were also in Kosovo and also in Bosnia. Uh, under the guise of, of doing bioprotection? Is that how it works? Yeah. 
Well, even back then, it was by a weapon straight okay. out. Okay. Um, I mean, where you spray, they had an operation called Sea Spray before Bio uh, Dyncor, I don't think, ran this one, but they actually sprayed the city of San Francisco on a foggy day uh, to see what kind of, uh, with, a, with a bacteria, not a virus, but, mm. <clears throat> but they actually sprayed uh, a port cities in, uh, in, Lund- in England. As well, and I believe Portsmouth, which is the head base of the English Navy, hmm. um, Port and Down did. And Port and Down was also the folks that are involved in the poisonings that you were talking about of the Russians, where the Novichok product was made there with that biosafety lab. Uh-huh. Um, and then the other, the journalist about eight years ago, uh, the Russian that uh, was poisoned. Yeah. Uh, so they're, they're also the ones that did the confirmation testing in Aleppo and Gouda for determining who, who did it, basically. Mm. So there's just this kind of running theme between the biosafety labs in the UK and the biosafety labs, especially the leadership in, um, in the United States. Christopher Steele was very involved in, in the bioweapons program with Russia and bringing Russian bioscientists and, and like this Kuhn guy, mm. uh, Jens Kuhn, when the Soviet Union collapsed, kind of transplanting the bioweapons uh, talent to uh, England. So there is this potential opportunity. I'm not pointing any fingers here, but creating your own virus and then creating the vaccine at the same time, uh, much like computer virus writers create yeah, the virus yeah, and yeah. then the vaccine. Yeah, that's known. And this welcome trust, again, is seems to be the one that picks up the pieces when these outbreaks happen, especially in Africa. And it just so happens there was another <laughs> that wrote the World Health Organization response document, the blueprint document. Another <laughs> And the other person who wrote it uh, for the U.S. was Sina Bavari, this Iranian guy from Fort Detrick. And so when I see those kind of names pop up immediately right under Tedros, who is a war criminal in Africa using chemical weapons and looking the other way when they were used, mm-hmm. I just, I tend to say, I, I see the running thread here. It's, it's a rogue operation within five eyes, within some, some NATO, some U S some others that you know, are making deals with Russia and China to do these kind of operations, you know, Mm. virus vaccine type operations so if we expect a vaccine to come out uh, I mean this will be the most profitable vaccine in world history because they say that uh, everybody will get COVID-19 sooner or later so who, who, who do you think we should look to as because I think those who issue the vaccine Will be, will be look. Those will be those with most blood on their hands. To put it like that. Yeah. Yeah. So who do you think that will be? Well, there's a very interesting timeline with Dr. Fauci because he's informed on the seventh of January about the vaccine, uh, about the Wuhan virus, and then on the tenth or the eleventh, he approves three trials for vaccines. Hmm. The first one is a, a small biotech startup in Silicon Valley uh, called Moderna. Uh, their actual stock symbol is uh, mRNA, which is the same letters in messenger RNA that, that what the virus uses to transmit its vaccine. Uh, so, so Moderna is one. Uh, Johnson and Johnson is another one. Uh, the third one is uh, Sanofi um, out of uh, France, and the fourth one, which they didn't list, 
but which was running a silent vaccine. And that's the one I always look to is the one that's going to be the winner. Mm. The one, the one they don't tell you about is Eli Lilly. Um, but it's interesting how they go ahead and run trials for vaccines in four days. When you ever hear the pharmaceutical companies moving that quickly in four days mm. and they don't tell Trump about it until January the 29th through a, a memo that Trump is supposed to somehow osmotically uh, know what's in the memo uh, because the uh, aides that are supposed to tell him about that, hey, this could be a big a big deal, um, just basically say, hey, there's something happening in China. And that's when Trump does a travel ban. Hmm. So um, they wait almost two and a half weeks, three weeks to tell Trump after they've started trials. But I, I think the winner will be Johnson & Johnson, and I think the winner will be Eli Lilly hmm. um, for the vaccine. But uh, how, how um, do they end up? Uh, you, you mentioned that they were against using the malaria, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> malaria drug, uh, the and combined with the antibiotic drug. I, I forget their Latin names. But would that be because these are so effective that they can undermine potential profit from a vaccine? What other motives could they have for trying to dismiss or play down the effectiveness of yeah, okay. these drugs? Certainly not to buy side effects because <laughs> they never care about that anyway. Ever. Right, right. Well, that's 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 exactly why I think Fauci has such stiff body language when Trump talks about hydroxychloroquine. Mm. If he thought chloroquine-based uh, drugs were such a bad idea, why is he off on the side? trying to get a patent for a tafenoquin, right, which is an analog, homologous uh, drug to hydro hydroxychloroquine. Hmm. Why would he be getting these patents for glycoprotein-120 and glycoprotein-160 as an HIV if he wasn't, you know, aware that there was these genes in the genome? He only would have been able to see the genome one day, right? And it just so happens a year before he patented those same genes and it just so happens a year later they showed up in this thing for the first in the coronavirus for the first time in 58 years so there's a lot of coincidences here that uh, mm. Fauci's going to have to to answer um yeah just a lot of if we if we ever can put the spotlight on him for this yeah I right think now it, he's he's held up I like some kind of hero by the mainstream media. yeah i think that's that's dwindling uh because he's on the board with gates as you know a lot of the people uh, that are surrounding him have this interest with Gates, and they're they're, they're using the, the the charitable aspects of this, unfortunately, in order to excuse not doing testing, safety testing. And this is how the thing, I think, happened in in um, India, mm. where it gets spread, and you know you kind of want to shake the country of India down for a whole bunch of money, and the and and the politicians are wringing their hands. So many people are dying, and so they. Go ahead with a vaccine that hasn't been tested, which goes ahead and you know and makes it worse. Worse, mm. but mm. they've given all the money already mm. for the vaccine, so the the robbers have left and gone, and so they don't really care if they're thrown out of the country. Mm. Uh, and that that seems to be the same kind of shakedown here potentially mm. uh, that's happening. Well, where are so, they going to flee to this time? It's the whole world. <laughs> Yeah, and well, if you have the right people writing the scripts, you can po position yourself as the hero. Um, Dr. Fauci certainly has done that with AIDS for 30 years. Mm. Um, so we'll we'll see uh, 
what ends up coming from that. I I think the uh, there's some uh, if if we get it this time uh, with a vaccine, let's say that's rushed through trials, and let's say it does work, um, I, I I don't think we're out of the woods. I think we're going to see a new variant every flu season from here on in. Right. Um, and and that's like this is going to be the new flu. Yeah. Some some mutation of COVID. This is the new normal, and unless we get at this network and shed some light on this dark network that that uh, comes up with these Gladio programs and these Odessa, you know, weapons networks, unless we get at that network, it's going to keep happening. It's sort of like the banks are going to keep getting robbed if we let the the purple gang have their hideout mm. uh, on the other side of the tracks. They're gonna. They're going to keep doing it if it works. So so ironic. You said Odessa network. There's also another Odessa network that <laughs> has, has been in history. You know, uh, the we call it the Bormann Reich, Martin Bormann's cartel corporation. Um, same uh, same network. I'm referring to that network. Oh, you were referring to that. I thought you were referring to Ukraine. Well, it is, but the the if you look at how the diaspora of Nazis went, right. a lot of them did go to Ukraine yeah, because a, a lot of the Jews that were collaborators in Germany had to flee as well, right, right, and right. and they set up shop in Odessa as far as having a warm water port. And what do you do with all the weapons you've gotten, you've cached from all the different battles? Exactly. You know, where, what do you do with? Yeah. So that was the place where the weapons got cached as well. Uh, near ports. Yeah, the, the reason I think it's important to emphasize a little of the history and also the Nazi aspect here is okay. because na- the Nazis are the perfect boogeyman that the conditioned masses have no problem imagining that philosophy being involved. So, uh, they have a problem imagining our current rulers are involved. So if we can show a link, a tie to the classical boogeyman to the modern real boogeyman, then they will kind of get it. <laughs> you see what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I think that's exactly a lot of these paperclip scientists were given new identities and so forth. And it's uncanny how they're in all of our defense industries. Yeah. Uh, there's a, a Jeff Bezos's grandfather, the guy who runs Amazon. And who is the biggest beneficiary of this shutdown stay at home than Amazon? But his father, uh, the grandfather, uh, was named Geis and ran the paperclip operation for not only the Navy War Center, Fair Center that I'm looking right at uh, for development of these different submarine missiles, but also for the Atomic Energy Commission. Wow! Having running that, so if you if you dig down a couple of generations, you see how all these people that are now billionaires here didn't really start in their garage, you know, with a ten thousand dollar loan from their uncle. Yeah. Um, they may have had that loan from their uncle, but they had a lot more than ten thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, so it's it's just very interesting when you when you follow this. And the, the one network that um, most people are very surprised by is the Borman Brotherhood in Isfahan. Isfahan in Iran is where Peter Strzok's father worked at the Bell Helicopter Factory, where there's a huge on American enclave of of weapons, war technology. Um, Wow. And so, you know, it's just one of those things, the Borman Brotherhood of Isfahan, who knew? Yeah. Uh, but the Nazis wanted a, uh, a pipeline into the Middle East, just like the Americans did with the Saudi Arabians. But the Nazis chose to go to Baghdad 
and also uh, Iran. And there was this Tehran to Berlin uh, railway and a Baghdad to Berlin mm. railway. And, and uh, FDR cut it, cut it off with King Saad, the Baghdad railway, but uh, that's when the chips went over, the Borman went over toward toward Tehran. So there's there's some history here that's worth looking at. Absolutely. This is gold. Now, uh, again, uh, uh, not to scare people, but there are other interesting things, like the guy who coined the term quantitative easing. Um, his name is, uh, uh, he's a British or German, maybe, v- Richard Werner. Mm-hmm. He spoke of how they will, uh, how the Central Bank of England has, and this is like overt, uh, has this, they want to issue, first off, they want to have blockchain money replace cash, centralized control by the central banks, and then issue out UBI, which obviously the economic crash will force no matter what people think of you, we've been spoken warmly about it here. We've, okay. we've examined it from different sides, but we've made sure also to see the positive aspect of it. But here's a negative aspect, and that's that in order to qualify for the UBI, which will be numbers in a computer, obviously, you have to have, and this is straight out of like old time conspiracy theory, you know, the religious nutcase conspiracy theory, you have to have uh, you know, the mark of the beast, a ship, a microchip implanted into you. <laughs> this is in the open. Huh. And also accept taking vaccines. I don't see the connection at all, but I do see it now uh, in the post-corona times. They can get, because you you get people chasing other people down for being outside or not keeping up with the social distancing. People are turning fascist in attitude now because yeah. of the, you're talking about psychological warfare, warfare, scaremongering. Oh, how dare you? Oh, you haven't taken the vaccine? Lynch him, lynch him. I, I can easily see that sentiment being exploited so that suddenly it's logical that you have to take a vaccine again money 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 and uh, money being then numbers in a computer or oh, you're an a dissident we just delete whatever number is in your account that's like the really dystopian 1984 meet brave new world scenario yeah well um there's some support for that i mean uh, gates is obviously pushing for forced vaccination here in America, and also uh, we have the uh, quantum dot, uh, you know, either the chip that he's proposed or the quantum dot, which is is like a tattoo, but it 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 can be picked up by an electronic device. So there is that kind of, um, you know, everyone remembers the Jewish uh, death camp uh, numbering system. So it, it is very reminiscent of that. Uh, so it is happening. I mean, it's it's almost uh, conspiracy theorists uh, are being like verified uh, every day in the news. <laughs> you know, uh, this is happening. And the, we follow this company uh, of all the different uh, electronic currencies. We followed this company that um, these MI6 guys got out of again uh, out of Russia, which is this Rostec, um, and this Ross. Um, group had Kalishnikov and all the war industries in Russia, and they're kind of now joint venturing with Christopher Steele and those guys. Mm. 
but they have this currency uh, called Waves, W-A-V-E-S, in Malta. And, uh, um, you know, it's, it's completely uh, anonymous. Uh, you can't trace it. And it's also you can enforce contracts. So it's not just me sending you money. It's I can have a whole weapons contract. I can do a whole Manhattan project for Iran in nuclear or in bioweapons. And uh, it has uh, compartmentalization. So I can have many vendors that can't see the rest of the contract Mm -hmm. in blockchain. And so those are the people. Those are the types of constructs that I look at um, for doing a Libya or a Syria or Sudan or any other kind of big covert operation. Uh, and so it makes sense. The mm. next, the next step for them would say you have to use our money. Mm. Uh, and this whole cashless society and and the digital dollar that Nancy Pelosi's pushing, it, it's happening. It, it's no longer conspiracy theory. It's happening. I don't know what else to say. And uh, and obviously, obviously, if the officials, if if the government support it, it's not because they want some kind of decentralized competition-based currency where there's no insight. I mean, it's the opposite. Sure. Even if you argue from a legitimate perspective, like, oh, we have to avoid... Uh, you know we have to tax them avoid uh, tax exemptions whatever right so um, obviously it's not going to be because today we have a lot of crypto coins that supposedly i don't know are private and encrypted and and so there's a decentralization and there's competition but they want like one global currency that is fully controlled by the central banks and by proxy the governments which is a huge difference from, you know, having a Bitcoin here and another kind of coin there. Yeah, I mean, you can pass a law that says uh, all all the uh, coins have to go through a central exchange, just like exactly. the, yeah. the gold laws, and then use the network itself to uh, root out the network. You know, so it's 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 a very dystopian. <laughs> scenario but like i said it's no longer a scenario it's it's like unfolding one an hour <laughs> you know in front of our eyes yes right right in front of our eyes so yeah. it, it again i i say the choice is you have to go at their network or they're going to come at you and your network of friends and family um and and really you have no choice now that you're at home you know, information is the only thing you can do mm. uh, you can't even go protest anymore so Hopefully you get this broadcast out and we'll we'll do another show and we'll <laughs> we, if if we get it out and if it can stay out <laughs> yeah. we'll see yeah. we'll see <laughs> we'll see uh, we'll uh, I'll ask you soon about yours but I have a couple of more uh, tidbits uh, I want to sure. say first um, the way they are doing uh, vaccines and other kind of pharmacy products to earn money people need to realize. Obviously, everybody knows Big Pharma is is uh, a boogeyman, but you have to understand that it's a multi-trillion dollar industry and anything they can earn money on, money is always, it's always been number one. It beats even ideology. It beats everything. Yeah, sure. There are so many conspiracy nuts who thinks it's like... Oh, you have to dress up in satanic garments. You have to be a pedophile. You have to this, that, you know, fit any, you have to be a Jew. You, ha- you have to fit any kind of like this easy, uh, cartoonish thing, but it always boils down to money. Yeah. That's the real driving force behind all uh, collusions, corruptions, criminalities. 
Yeah, I'm not saying uh, that there isn't some ceremony in Malta where everybody dresses up as a knight <laughs> or a stinky robe or whatever. Mm. And, and they can do whatever they want to make themselves feel like they're doing God's will. Uh, but at the end of the day, you're right. They check their bank accounts right after they're done with the stinky robe ceremony. Um, mm. It's it's just a palliative, I think, to get them to not convince themselves that they're not doing it for money. When you overthrow Gaddafi and, oh, well, it just happened to be $60 billion of assets that we acquire off book. Exactly. You know, it's it's not because you're trying to stop terrorism. It's because you're trying to become insanely wealthy. Mm. And, uh, and uh, like – the pedophilia thing, well, that's how they get a uh, file on you. That's why so many in the elite are involved in this, because it's the perfect control uh, mechanism when you have something like that on your CV. A final point here for me on this is if people uh, wonder, well, why are all these bastards assigning to run like uh, what's his name, Fici, the, the 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 Italian mobster guy, Fauci, yeah, behind Trump, Fauci, yeah. yeah. Why are why are bastards like that who are guilty ending up being in the in the outlets who are supposed to help and protect us? Oh, that's too much for me to to accept. Well, just <laughs> just look at any other facet of government, especially in America. Mm. You have anti-environmental people running the environmental uh, agencies. You have uh, anti-public school people running <laughs> public yeah. school environments, etc. I'm not, I'm not even saying, I'm not saying I, I support like the Department of Education or whatever. I'm just saying you have in all instances, you have this corruption where the worst people are ascending to top in the very agencies where they are supposed to, or departments where they're supposed to do the opposite. So why would it be any different when we're talking about this aspect of government? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if you look at the agencies they create, they go from administration to administration. Yeah. So they're fixtures. This PEPFAR uh, was created a presidential uh, program uh, to eradicate AIDS. Uh, when you're Trump and you come into the White House and there's PEPFAR and this is the people advising you about what's been happening with AIDS for the last 30 years, do you throw them out of the White House or do you say, well, Tony, you can you can be here. You know, I'll come in for a briefing whenever I need to. And there's no need to talk to Tony. So there's no need to vet Tony, mm. right, until the worldwide outbreak, until Tony makes it. Uh, uh, important to talk to Tony and then they're ready to go with their whole stick uh, up on stage and I think Trump's presidency has been one of those after another just one of those after another where it's the you know 25th amendment trying to throw him out or they're trying to throw him out with all the different meetings in the Trump campaign with all the different Russians and setting them up just left and right. Yeah, Russia gate, uh, Ukraine gate, uh, yeah. he, he grabbed them by the pussy gate. But the thing with Trump is that, honestly, and I, I have uh, MAGA guys uh, among my audience, and I don't okay. like it when I criticize him, but uh, I say get real. You can't worship one person blindly. You have to be critical. You have to deliver your criticism fairly around, and I'm going to do that now. Well, feel free. Yeah. I regard Trump as less informed than people like like Obama, let's say. I think Obama knew much more what was going on in the dark corners of, of uh, governing. But that said, 
I don't think he's on board with many of these things. That's why they want to get rid of him because, yes, he is uninformed and uninterested in many things. To have and no president, to be fair, can know everything anyway. Right. But he he he's never been a part of this uh, network, this elite of oligarchs, and 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 that's basically the main reason they want to get rid of him. He he's a loose cannon in their eyes, yeah. and then enter Biden. He's the perfect candidate because not only is he demented, and and going to die soon anyway. But he's also always been on board, a player, one who wants to ascend and lick the backs of them to get up. So he he knows how to play the game and he will be the perfect candidate because he won't be, if, if Trump is uninformed, Biden won't have resources to be informed. Maybe in his heyday, yes. But now he, he's going to be like the ultimate figurehead. Yeah. Just a, a demented old guy who can rest on his laurels while the agency craziness in America will just run havoc. There will be like a lot of independent small mafia bosses who all are tied together with uh, the deep state and deep finance and the oligarchs and probably all the way down to the Bowman Brotherhood. <laughs> so uh, that's why he will be the perfect president for them, in my view. Okay. Well, it, it remains to be seen uh, if you, there's going to be any kind of campaign this year at all, any kind of uh, public meetings. There's some conspiracy theorists that say the reason why 50 is the maximum after they relax the restrictions fix 50 is the maximum that are going to be allowed to get together in any public place right is because because that's the maximum uh, amount of people joe biden can draw if he goes to any particular <laughs> <laughs> so so that i've heard that joke in, in america so so maybe that's it uh maybe this is the first total piped in campaign in american history yeah. uh which is way the the peter strucks of the world want it you know, that's the ultimate insurance policy. So, um, you know, I am the same way. I mean, I was the reason why I was hopeful for Obama and voted for him twice was because I knew he was a CIA brat. I knew he knew who was the good guys, and who were the bad guys, as far as especially uh, diverting money and weapons and drugs and all that with Brennan and, and all those guys from Pakistan. And I thought he was going to help maybe change things from the inside, but he he was he didn't have any uh, power, hardly any power. Mm. So he kind of just kind of migrated over toward civil rights and the and the and the Obamacare, um, and and that was his thing. You know, he didn't have any. He he didn't invade Syria. Was the one time he, he yeah. dug his That's his right. feet into the. He yeah, actually yeah. stopped that. Yeah, but Trump is not a detail guy, but what Trump does well is read the crowd and read um, you know, read political opinion. He's very in yeah. tune with with that and he knows how to strike he knows how to let the other guy go just long enough that he's going a little too far mm. and then Trump cuts him at the knees with the counterpunch and mm. And, and and so he's a political genius in that sense. Instinctively. No, instinctively. Yeah, very instinctive. Very mm. instinctive. And I think Trump would even say that. And it's amazing because Trump does have that X factor that you're talking about that they hate, the unpredictability, yeah. that he can say uh, a name 
uh, who's who's doing some bad things. Like I was following a guy named here, Imran Awan, who worked for Debbie Wasserman Schultz, was doing all this hanky-panky on Capitol Hill. He can say uh, Pakistani mystery man in front of Putin. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, everybody's Googling Pakistani mystery man, 100, people, 100 million people right. all over the world. Right. Um, and that, that is the X factor that they, the unknown quantity that they hate about Trump, that they never have to worry about Biden. Mm. Biden will always say, I'm in Philadelphia when he's in Baltimore, you know, mm. it's never going to hurt anybody. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's mm. never going to cause any investigation. In the- uh, exactly. His X yeah. factor is just his dementia. Yeah. It's like, where am I today? So mm. that's he's not going to lead any investigations. So. No, no. And and uh, also the other aspects with Trump that they hate uh, that actually inadvertently uh, it could could benefit us, the public, and that's that he he has some degree of narcissism, meaning that he is crazy enough to go to war figuratively speaking, with people who are powerful if they pisses him off enough. Like, he's not very friendly with Jeff Bezos, for example. No. And so uh, a, a ball player wouldn't do that because they have the wits to know who they're really serving. So someone like Trump may actually... Uh, I, I say inadvertently, the MAGA guy thinks he's the saint and going to save the world against the deep state. I, I don't believe he buy into a second this QAnon stuff because it's just have a long history of failing in predictions and analysis. But still, there is some kind of... Because the, Obama was a huge populism in how he ran. Mm-hmm. He said the right things. He did the right. He was better than Bernie. Bernie yeah, is a, he's very good. Yeah. Bernie is a populist in contents, but Obama was a, a, a populist in how he run. Now Trump is a yes. He's an oligarch like the rest. Yes, he gives them huge tax incentives, and he knows to uh, inflate the Pentagon budget and stuff. But the th- weakness in their eyes with Trump is that precisely what you said. He knows how to read a room and he cares about reading a room. If he has narcissistic traits, he wants that feedback. So he actually cares that he's not going to go down as a very unpopular, like Bush, like a very unpopular president. And that means he has the air of the public if the pressure is strong enough in a way that we never would see with a Biden or a Bush or an Obama. And that means that... Unfortunately, many of the MAGA guys are completely cultists and don't want to criticize him. But if they were, if they have a line in the sand that can't be crossed and Trump is pressured or voluntarily crosses it, he can be brought back by uh, receiving enormous pressure on that. He will care and listen because after all, <laughs> he is a game, uh, television game host, <laughs> game show yeah, host. Reality, reality, reality show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think there's something to be said for for that uh, type of, of being in touch with people, you know, bringing a whole bunch of people that into a kind of a um, uh, focus group and asking them, how am I doing today, you know, type of thing. Or just a Twitter and, storm would make it. Or Twitter, yeah. He, But he always seems to hit the right chord uh, with his tweets, uh, sometimes not so much during the campaign, but now he seems to just say the, 
the one fact that just kind of is the little pin that blows up the narrative mm. of Adam Schiff. You know, he'll he'll work up this big balloon and then Trump will wait till it gets really big. You know, used to do this with kids who would blow up a, a bubble gum and then then somebody come along and pop it. You know, it'd yeah, be all over yeah, their face. Yeah, yeah. And that happened to Adam Schiff so many times. I think they just got tired of it and they said, <laughs> "We can't do another election cycle like this." <laughs> we're just going to look bad again and we we have to just take away the idea of election i mean i really you know and and it's little statements like we've tried everything else now should we do the insurance policy right toward the final days of the election what does that mean Hmm. was fauci ready with this you know 10 days before uh trump's takes office fauci goes up and talks about pepfar and how many how he goes all the way back to reagan and how he almost got fired. Uh, the FDA wanted to fire him for running these private uh, sidetrack uh, trials with with military and pr- prisoners and you yeah. know other countries and all this stuff. Yeah, because he started under Reagan, didn't he? He go far back. Yeah, Reagan, but his 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 patriarch is is George Bush. I mean, right oh, yeah, in the beginning, right. George Bush was the, the guy who yeah. put him in there. Yeah. Mm. So and then boy, AIDS comes up right as Tony Fauci comes up. His whole career has been on this AIDS thing. So. Mm. Um, you know, every once in a while, Trump will keep people in place. Like he'll retweet somebody who says fire Fauci. Mm. And then all of a sudden Fauci will come to the podium next time and just gush about (laughs) Trump, you know, because he's like, Oh, Hey, wait, I could get fired here and I'm not going to be in control Mm. if I get fired. So it, he, he does have this way of, of, of keeping people in line or getting rid of them. Look how many people he's fired. He's just gotten yeah. rid of so many people. Yeah, but um, he started that before he was a president. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's exactly true. Yeah, he's good at it. So plus, plus, yep. you know, if, if you're gonna, I, I think he's good at two things. I want to give him more credit because All the right. first credit is, like you said, he's a natural, instinctive uh, populist, or you should say. Um, uh, he, he can read a room, feel a crowd. The second is that he knows how to play a hierarchy. You know, Hitler did the same. Unlike a very, the very clear hierarchy of the Soviet Union, you had in the, that bureaucracy, uh, Hitler made sure to, you know, the power, the number two power until Bormann seized everything, of course, at the end, yeah. was always playing these small chiefs against each other one day the Goebbels was on top the other day Goering's department ruled third day Himmler had control and so you keep them on your toes in fighting uh, which is if you if you're a paranoid uh, dictator you don't want the number twos to come together and topple you right right <laughs> kind of kind of I think a little of that is going on too <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I agree with you. You know, Taylor always used to talk about the seven guys sitting around the kitchen table that took over Germany. And and those are the seven guys you were just talking about. And there is a, a kind of a Snow White and the Seven Dwarves quality uh, to <laughs> the cabinet, uh, right. if you think about it. And anytime Fauci gets a little too uppity, uh, he, he retweets a Fire Fauci tweet. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting this how they're going to do the election. We had one little trial uh, of voting in Wisconsin. Um, we had one little protest in Lansing, Michigan. Um, and I, the, and people are always surprised to say, well, why did you, why were you following Bernie in 2015, 2016? Well, Trump really wasn't on the scene before really 2016. I mean, he campaigned a little bit, 
But I wanted to go with a guy who was going to these places like Detroit. I grew up in Indiana mm. with, in an automobile uh, part. A big part of the supply chain was our town. Um, and we had a very large uh, business, go out of business. It was called International Harvester. And I saw the effects of all that. And I was looking for a candidate who was talking about jobs in America. And Bernie uh, had one statement that he said, which is, what does GE say? What is the new CEO of GE say when he has five words to choose? China, 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 China. Mm. You know, and, and none of those had anything to do with the United States. So that's Bernie was a populist as far as revitalizing these Rust Belt cities. Mm. And Trump came in and saw that. Mm. Now, tr Trump was m more uh, building on the on the coasts. You know, that's where yeah. he's done all his building. He hasn't. Chicago was a new thing for him. Mm. But he's used to dealing with the mafia from New York. Oh, big time. You have to. Mm. Yeah. Tony Salerno. And the, mm. Yeah. You got to got to get cement. If you don't go through the mafia, you're not going to get cement. If you don't get the cement, you don't get the foundation. <laughs> you don't get the building. So you got to go through the mafia. Mm. Um, but but what I. I'm saying is he co-opted Bernie's – he saw how Bernie's yeah. message was taking, yeah. and he picked that up beautifully and, and started becoming a manufacturing guy, and he started going to these plants. And that was really brilliant, and, and, and that's what Trump uh, – And he's doing the same now because uh, right now, after the establishment of the Dems managed to crush – the Bernie movement, and, and I blame a little of this on Bernie too, because unlike Trump, he doesn't have the balls to go against the power. Right. He, he was actually more brave in 16 than he was now. Now he was towing the line to a, a, a nauseating degree. But anyway, so look at how Trump has captured that crush, because Trump doesn't even need the Bernie guys to vote for him. All he needs is for them not to vote for Biden. Right. And he will go on for four more years. And he knows this. He understands this. So he's been saying truths. And honestly, Trump is an excellent liar. He lies very many times, like all of those establishment Washington people do. But here he takes truths and use them to his benefit. Like he said about, um, what was it? He said about, he tweeted out that... Oh, I forgot, but something about what the Dems did to to the Bernie campaign. So he flew, and he's be, always been reluctant to overtly criticize Bernie that much. Right, right. And he really plays on getting them. So I think it will be four more years with Trump, and that's why I think it's very important that you MAGA guys who listen, that you tweet at Trump, and not just Trump. I mean, this go is much bigger than one man anyway, but. People have to wake up and they have to coalesce despite left wing, right wing, whatever, because it's about our survival. Great. So I think we need a, like a popular uprising, at least online, since we can't do it physically, against these dirty, dirty forces who are playing with Mother Nature like they're doing yeah. when it comes to viruses. Yeah, I, yeah, very good. Very good summation. Yeah. Um, well, I... Would love to do the show again. If uh, see what happens in no, a month. No, hang on. We're not oh. complete. We have to now discuss you a little. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to get. I wanted to cut off before that. Yeah, but okay. <laughs> we'll do the vetting. We'll do the vetting now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, and also I want you know people to know where they can find you because you're going to be unknown sure. to many people. But let's start with the the, the claims because any true soothsayer like yourself will get trolls. 
and detractors and uh, people who, oh, he's a, he's a spy, he's an asset, whatnot. How do you address these kind of uh, unhinged uh, accusations? Well, I'm, I'm not saying I haven't received information from uh, people that were in the intelligence services, and a lot of them kind of go back and forth between military and then diplomatic and then the intelligence services. So, Fine. Uh, you know, uh, you have to have those contacts. And I, I did have some contacts with some of the Mossad folks, uh, in especially in Europe, because they Mossad isn't organized like you think it is. It's not. They're not all sitting on computers like NSA and in, in Fort uh, Meade. They're not all sitting in Ben Gurion University in in the middle of Israel on computers. So, so they're still operating in an old school way, then. Yeah, I mean, you want to be in the ports. You want to have your port agents. You want to have your diplomats. You want to have your your journalists as covers you you want to have a network out there with eyes and ears that's the idea of an intelligence service uh, all the intelligence services uh so that you know that you're getting your leaders the best information right so mm. those people are very good sources of what's actually happening uh, when you're trying to follow john uh podesta's artwork that he's selling and you have you get pictures of him sitting in a boardroom meeting where he's brokering off artwork and they're telling you know you're getting information that says the free port of geneva is where he has his art stored there's no way i would know that unless uh, there's some art dealers and antique dealers in europe that mm. would be giving me that information um, so i'm not saying i didn't get information from them uh with about eric braveman being safe about eric braveman being held briefly uh he was a, he was the head of the clinton foundation that disappeared for a while no. Um, there's there's no way I would know Eric Braverman was living on a kibbutz with Mark uh, Zuckerberg's half brother near Tel Aviv without that, for instance. What do so, you make of? Sorry, but I, I just have to ask. One, I just remember I've heard you talk about Seth Rich. Uh, yeah. I think he is the because we all know it was never a hack. That's bullshit, and that's been right. proven bullshit. It's a leak, and. Uh, uh, Assange has to stick to his guns because, and, and and to the detriment of his own health, he cannot out the leaker um, because WikiLeaks, all all the thousands of cases they have broken, never been proved wrong, always protected their sources. But like George Galloway say, uh, because he he is in the loop of who it was, he says, <laughs> I, I can't say who it is because then I would have to kill you, he says to his listeners. Right. <laughs> so, but I think it is Seth Rich. What do you think? Well, uh, I did too. Uh, so um, I went to Washington. I went to his house. I went to the house he had before the one he had uh, up in Bloomington Heights. Um, um, I walked it. I walked the 50 minutes that he supposedly was on the phone uh, at 2.30 in the morning. I went and knocked on the doors of the neighbors. I talked to the police uh, officer, the public information, Rod uh, Wheeler. Jeez, wow. We interviewed we interviewed him. So so what I saw with the Seth Rich case was uh, I went to the hospital, both MedStar and, uh, and the other uh, hospital that there was reports of him showing up at. And everywhere I turned, there was no evidence. There okay. was no, there was no footprint. And normally when there is a murder and an unsolved murder in a robbery, 
you go house to house and you talk to people and you say, do you remember hearing anything? Mm-hmm. And you knock on doors and that's just standard procedure. I was working at that time with a, uh, she was remote at that time before she joined me in Washington, but she was a, a police officer and you, you go house to house and you see if there's witnesses. Uh, they didn't do that. Um, and they didn't, when it was publicized in the paper, it was one street away for where they had the yellow tape and the EMS vehicle, which mm-hmm. looks very staged. Um, it, you know, that's just not how news happens when you have somebody that high profile come into a hospital. People remember that. Okay. Howard, mm-hmm. I went down to Howard hospital as well. Uh, nobody, nobody knew anything. I went to uh, Joe's bar and grill. Lou's Bar and Grill, uh, owned by uh, Capone. And I've sat in that bar five days talking to different bartenders. And they all gave me different stories. Hmm. So the only one consistent story was a thin, tall, thin, very tall, thin black guy, dark-skinned black guy that resembled a lot this guy named Alpha Jallo, uh, put him into a cab. Uh, That was the one... That was the one consistent thing. But mm. even Joe Capone told me three different stories about where he was that night. Mm. So, so when I see these inconsistencies, I think, is this just what I call a reality winner? Is this somebody that when they're trying to cover up the real whistleblower, mm. whatever, whatever happened to him, that they bring this guy in as the kid every mother loves? And, mm. and I, I, I switched. I changed from Seth Rich being the hero to being the more the reality winner. Uh, you mean, you mean in, the uh, the plant, the plant that comes in and, and acts and takes all the credit for being the whistleblower, but it's not like, like Oswald. What do you call it? You have an expression in English, uh, not a dupe. Uh, uh, you know, Oswald said, "I'm just." Uh, uh, oh, oh, you call it Patsy. I'm not Patsy. A Patsy. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so you think he's like a Patsy? I, I don't think he's a Patsy. I think it's 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 someone. If let's say I was going to fake a death. Um, and I just wanted somebody to disappear. Um, let's say I had a broker who was doing bioweapons and a courier going around, let's say Seth Rich. Seth Rich had a, had a whole area of his background that people didn't know about in energy. Uh, he knew Warren Buffett very well. He was wow. in Nebraska. He, he worked for an energy guy named Scott Klebe. Scott Klebe was very involved in energy, very involved in hiring these groups to block the Dakota Access Pipeline. Uh, so, uh, excuse me, the, uh, the, the pipeline that went across Canada and then came down the XL pipeline. Mm, mm. Uh, and then uh, who knew that secretly Dick Cheney and friends and foster freeze and others were building a, the hypotenuse of the, the pipeline through the Dakota. Mm. Uh, and soon as that teed in, then Seth Rich dies. It seemed like it was kind of like, he was very involved in this and he was very involved in. Uh, so there may actually be completely different uh, sinister reasons for why he died. Well, I think he was done with his project, which was to stop the XL pipeline and uh, there in Nebraska. And if you remember, there was some water rights and some Indian rights yeah. and a couple of other things that stopped Protests. that. Mm. Yeah, and then uh, the Dakota Access Pipeline, which is cuts the cuts the corner basically uh, across Canada for the, to those shale fields, uh, came in. Right. It's mm. it's. Uh, he was also involved in this resources for the future with Bill Clinton and and a lot of very uh, high level people. Uh, I'm not saying he's Mark Rich's son, but I'm not saying he's wow. not. Wow. 
And, and that changes everything because then you go, well, who is the real whistleblower? And what were, mm-hmm. they, what were they laundering through the Democratic National Committee? Mm-hmm. And there's a long history here with taking money that have, have been, that's been gotten through these covert weapons operations taking over uh, countries and so forth. And you have all this money that you have no way of laundering. Uh, a political party is the best way of laundering it. Yeah. And then you, you launder it back out into your, your, your network, your, your advertising agencies and so forth. And it's mainly laundered through advertising PR firms and mm. producers of, of political ads and so forth. And you basically use the money to put the people that you want in power who are going to vote for more covert operations when they win. Mm. And it's just a self-sustaining cycle. So uh, that's, I've done a lot on the Seth Rich thing. And, okay, yeah. and, and, and as soon as I see some evidence, why does the FBI, for instance, seize his phone and his computer? If it's just a robbery, why go grab somebody's phone and computer? doesn't make sense. Well, the, 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 the obvious answer would be because he is the leaker, you know? Right. But it also could be that, he's a courier you know i mean yeah, it, yeah. you know and then now we can't look at that you know mm-hmm. now that information has been sealed why in the uh why did robert Mueller say that it was he was not the person who was the leak in, in the in the Mueller report if you look at uh, hang on hang on did Mueller say seth rich was not the leak uh, I believe so. Said that that was that was. A, then yeah. he inadvertently admits it's a leak, which goes against uh, the bullshit story in media. Right, inadvertently, <laughs> yes, he confirms that, that it's a leak. Yeah. But interestingly enough, this goes back to Norway and Julian Assange because no Sweden. Um, he was set up by two assets. One of them regretted. You know, if you're referring to the rape cases. No, no, no. I'm referring to when he was uh, basically when. Uh, he was given the Bradley Manning phone. He was in Iceland. Oh, okay. And he was with this guy named Domscheit. Um, and, and Domscheit is talking to Bradley Manning about the leaks, you know, the member collateral murder and all those State Department leaks. Mm. Um, and they're getting about ready to get on a plane. And the way they set up Assange is they uh, acted like they were going to seize Domscheit. And Domscheit gives the phone to Assange. And uh, y- y- you'll once you now go back and look at it, you'll see that this did happen. And anyway, on that phone, he's saying, hey, you keep the contact with this guy who's down in Iraq, okay? And there's a Jabber account on the phone called the Berlin Chaos Computer Club. It's just a general uh, Jabber account. But the the person who had the Berlin Chaos Computer Club was Domscheid. Mm-hmm. Domscheit later then started another competitor to WikiLeaks that didn't go anywhere. I can't remember what he called it. Uh, but but anyway, Assange has it for a couple of days, and he goes to Oslo, and he meets the uh, independent journalists in Oslo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Domscheit's released and comes back and meets Julian Assange a couple days later. Um, and that's supposedly the period where Julian Assange writes these cryptic messages to Bradley Manning saying, mm-hmm. a dry eye never... A, a curious eye never dries in my experience. He's not, he's trying not to see. And that's where I say that, that struck and, and Christopher Steele were trying to draw Assange. This is back in 2010. Mm. They're trying to draw Assange into a conspiracy. Mm. They're, they're trying to have Julian Assange say, well, 
you know, here's, I got a rainbow table and I'll f- help you figure out the hash to get the, the password to the Windows server, etc. Hmm. You know, they want him to enter into conspiracy. Well, the Seth Rich thing seems to just be a replay of what they did with Bradley Manning. Right. They're, they, hey, would you, hey, I'm, I'm here, I'm in at the DNC, you know, I'm rooting around, you know, and they're wanting Assange to then say, well, hey, if you tried this, if you tried that, mm-hmm. which, which sets up Assange. And they, exactly. they this, Assange never falls for it. He's no. always kind of dancing around Very it. Very consistent. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's clever. So anyway, I, there, I realize that's maybe a, a two, two uh, wild tangents there, but they're interesting tangents because Julian Assange, this is going to be his defense. And, and the uh, FBI person came out and confirmed this. If you read the FBI agent's report uh, in the last one that was done, mm. they confirmed the Jabber account. The, the, it was Dom Scheidt's phone. Uh, Assange had the phone for only a, a small brief period of the communication mm. with Manning, etc. So mm. anyway, I, I would be bringing this up in his defense. This is a huge story. Uh, this is a show in itself. I realize. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we'll come back and well, that will yeah. be our teaser for the next show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I agree. Yeah. Let's go in, yeah. into that later. Okay. Now, uh, where do have you done? Have you committed any writing, books, or at least uh, articles and stuff, or, or do you keep to uh, video reporting? I did a blog for a long time uh, called No More Informants, but uh, it kept getting hacked, and so I stopped doing it. Is and it, then, is it still out there? Or? I don't think so. No, it uh, the URL doesn't uh, work hmm. anymore. It kept it just kept getting redirected to porn, and I'm like, oh god. Uh, but I wrote it for a long time. But it was all on these subjects, um, and then uh, I, I did write a book about my dad. Um, that's right. Uh, th- but that's that's not anything to do with this. And no. so uh, I, I tend to think the problem I have with books, and I talk to authors about this a lot, mm-hmm. is, um, first of all, the, the average number of sales of a book when you go to write a book yeah. it, is 500. You sell 500. More ex- expenses than income. That's true. Yep. You sell 500 books. And I can go out and do a video and get 20,000 or 30,000 mm. and the one video, a half a million views. Mm. And it's immediate. I'm covering things that happened in this morning, right? And the book has this kind of stale, especially now the news moves so fast. Mm. Um, and then I, I, I'm sort of writing it page at a time per video episode. I'm going to sit down and write a book and summarize it all, mm. maybe in a documentary type of thing or, or a book. Um, mm but just not yet. So it's just George Webb uh, video channel right now, a YouTube channel. So um, how do you uh, work around the reference prob- problem uh, when it's orally, when it's uh, live documentary? I mean, you, you, as an investigative journalist, it's very important to let people verify all this stuff. Right. And, and, and even though you can say, well, it is there through the info, most people are too lazy. So it's always easier with links and stuff. Right. Yeah, it, it is easier with links. And so I do that. But then I also go back and curate uh, my stuff later on with all the comments and, and so forth. And people say, well, you need to check this, check that. Mm. And, and then I... I actually go reproduce the video. I take the same video, but then I'll actually take the articles and it'll come up translucently. So uh, Mm. I'm actually looking through the article that I'm talking about when I'm talking. 
Mm-hmm. And so you can you can see the headline at least. And then I'll, if it's a real important passage in the article, I'll, I'll bring it up. Right. And 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 so I'm editing it down. So so people at least get the feeling that uh, I can't do that live, obviously, but at least they, they get the feeling that I'm doing that for all the videos and I'm going to do that for every video. Mm. Uh, so I keep the, the best comments and I keep all the links uh, and I just it's hard to do both at the same time. You can't annotate <laughs> with all the le- reference materials and be standing in front of yeah, yeah. the DNC, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. But the advantage of writing is that it's very easy to, uh, if not go viral, at least people can make copies. And it's so easy to take down videos. And, and people mm. usually don't download videos, but they do save written information. So I'm arguing it shouldn't be an either or. Uh, at least I think you should make available your old writings. Yeah, I I am going to sit down and do that. Um mm. It's just, uh, it's just the time. Yeah. Um, and I, I did a online report. I, I did a consolidated thing called the web report, which is, uh, seven videos, uh, that summarizes all 4,000 that I've done in, in, in three and a half years. So are all 4,000 videos available today? Uh, yeah. Yeah. What I do is I take the ones that are the least watched mm. and then uh, let's say they're Let's say it's a, a ten minute video. Mm. I'll I'll cut that down to one minute of the most important newsy thing that happened that one minute, mm. and then I'll just load it up with all the references and proofs. That's clever. So so that you'll see that as over time the videos will go down, but then these summaries, these proof summaries, will just pile up, mm. and they are they already are piling up. Mm. So I agree with you though. It probably needs to be a book. Mm. That just has A B C D F G kind mm. of, you know, through this whole thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, where do they find you? So it's George Webb's. Uh, you can just say George Webb on uh, YouTube, and I'll come up. Uh, you can say George Webb coronavirus, and it'll find me. Uh, and that's probably the easiest way to find me. But no, no, no website today. Um, I, I had spy ring in Congress, uh, but again, got hacked. Um, mm-hmm. it was a blog and there's a lot of research materials. Other channels do research and, and chat uh, on what I do. Mm. Uh, uh, Mark Kulak has a channel, uh, KZ digs is his reference site. So KZ is the first and last letters of his name. And then D I G S.com mm. for a lot of the characters to write to, for quick bios. Clever. Um, yeah, we're doing. So a- you cooperate with a bunch of people. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and like uh, uh, you know, we're we're coming out with a card game, a bioweapon card game. So you, there's 52 players in the deck of cards. You can learn all of the players. <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the card game is is just finishing now, and then we just give you the deck, uh, the the GIF files, and then you can just print them at Walmart for nine cents a card, mm. uh, like photos. And so they're 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 really they came out great. They had a nice graphic artist put together all the cards. Uh, so it's super clever, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's going to be good. It's going to be fun. I'll send you a, pa- a pack. Oh yeah, great. Hey, uh, to those, uh, I cut you off when you were trying to to vet yourself to disclaim, but I just want to no say problem. it's the old thing. Um, the proof is in the eating of the pudding, or judge the trees on the leaves or on the fruits. So you know, 
always these stupid claims. Oh, Assange is an asset. He is an asset. That is an asset. Okay. It's very easy. If someone is making lots of money and being propped up and, and being like a superhero, yes, then you can uh, suspect them of being compromised. But if someone is having trouble getting their stuff out, they're being uh, undermined, they're being uh, hacked, they're being smeared. That's the show. Right. Uh, uh, someone who's sitting like Assange years after year in, in isolation, that's not someone who, that, that's the proof of the pudding, if you see what I mean. And that goes Perfect. for you too. L- listen to George's information, verify what he's saying, and that's it then you don't have yeah. to care. Right. right. And I also say, I'll just say this straight out. I, yeah. I have talked to people in the intelligence business as sources, but that doesn't mean I'm an intelligence agent or an operative or getting a, a check from CIA or anything like that. Obviously. Or Mossad or whatever. No, exactly. I've never taken a check from Israel. I've never taken a check from any intelligence agency. And, and the other thing about... Um, you know, I still defend Barack Obama. I voted for Obama twice, so I'm, I'm tr- I try to play it down the middle of the road. Mm. Uh, so, uh, you know, I think you have to look at everybody's good and bad. So that's my thing. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we have the same with Peter Levander, another regular guest we have. He has been deliberately delving into the deep and the dark. And in order to do that, you need connections, right? Sure. So he's sure. connected with any, anything from, you know, old time Nazi war criminals to uh, weird uh, bishops. So he has to. So, and because of his connections with intelligence, people try to smear him. But very often, I think some of these trolls are actually paid operatives. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And is that La- Lavender? L A. V-E-N-D-E-R. When, when the people uh, mistakenly uh, call him that, but it's uh, Levanda. Levanda. So it's not La. Yeah, it's not Lavanda, but Levanda. Okay. And he has a lot of credit as an uh, investigative journalist like you. So he's been delving into many weird and dark things. Mm-hmm. No, but I always have to make that disclaimer because today there's so many people who can't distinguish. So yeah, yeah. Making them aware that we're aware. <laughs> <laughs> and debunking it at the offset means that they can't just use it if they're if they're honest actors. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, the comments will come and they will say say it in the comments field. You know, sure. <laughs> you know, if people want to hear, they don't want to hear like uh, I'm I'm not in that. And so, yeah. but I've only worked being a computer uh, software and hardware salesperson uh, in my whole career. Um, before I decided to do this, and uh, I just saw uh, corruption happening at a local level in my state, and I kept fo- following the money uh, 20 years ago, and it kept leading higher and higher all the way mm. to to a, to a worldwide organization. So uh, I just it, with Evergreen Aviation and and drugs and and Jeff Epstein. So that's how I got into this. So right, um, that goes back a long ways. That's my motivation. I was born in Cleveland, Ohio, the, not Tel Aviv. Mm. So, you know, there's a lot of people who, who make more out of the Israel connection right. uh, than, than is there. Um, I do like Bibi Netanyahu. A lot of people hate Bibi Netanyahu, but I do. Yeah, I'm one of them. I'm one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's okay. We're going to disagree on, on certain mm. things. But I think there are some real 
some really dangerous people. Even verse. Oh, 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 yeah. Uh, like Danny uh, Rothschild. Yeah, right, right. Uh, and I'm talking about diverting weapons and using the girls to divert the weapons, and 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 you know, I'm talking about nuclear weapons. So I mean, and right. chemical, biological weapons. So, so you know, Netanyahu is not in that category yet. I don't think, mm. and I don't believe in a greater Israel. Um, but yeah, I mean, I believe Israel has a right to exist and have an intelligence service like everybody else. Um, I do believe that Israel has a right to defend itself against people like Iran who say death to Israel and we're going to push all the mm. Israelis into the, into the ocean. But, you know, so I am pro-Israel. I, I'll be honest with that. But you got to be pro something, right? Um, mm. And so, so... But I, I see intelligence agencies like this. If you are heirs and ice on the ground what's going on that's fair because that's uh, uh, consuming information and sending it up to people who has to take decisions and that's that's what it should be about but then you have this other aspect of intelligence mm -hmm. which is i guess you can call it social engineering psychological warfare operations where they're forming shaping like CIA is famous of doing right, right. where they're trying to influence and, and, and well let's say screw with society and people like they do in this case with with bioweapons that's right. the part of, and that's a taken completely over yeah and see I get accused of being a social engineer and I say are, are you sure you don't want to focus the energy on Fauci and exactly. Strzok and people people who've done who are actually causing the whole economy to shut down so yeah, yeah, yeah. The, those are the social engineers and I totally agree with you the CIA was supposed to be eyes and ears only no hands no hands no bloody hands but uh, that's what it turned out to be mm. so yeah yeah okay well I guess that wraps it up uh, George very well um, now, what part of Norway are you in, just out of curiosity? Uh, well, uh, right now I'm in the eastern part, not far from okay. more, yeah, closer to Sweden, actually. But I am from the west. Have you been in Norway? No. Uh, no, it's, I've been to Sweden, but I haven't been to Norway, unfortunately. I want to go. You should, if, yeah. if we are ever allowed to go anywhere again. Uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> Norway is like... Um, uh, the, the special thing with Norway is the nature, and the special thing with the nature is that it because you know Iceland, Denmark, Finland, Sweden those four countries have each the distinguished nature mm -hmm. very different from each other mm -hmm. the thing with Norway is that it has all those four oh. in the same country yeah okay okay so uh, yeah i'm very grateful for your time and your endless almost autist level <laughs> information <laughs> and i hope it's been uh, you know, it's been entertaining and uh, clarifying uh, for my listeners, too. Yeah, great. And I, I can't wait to, to hear uh, how it turns out uh, when uh, it's all said and done. I'd love to do the show again. And and uh, I'd love to have you on our show so we can see your face and all that if you if that's a, if that's a part of the uh, plan. I'm very stealthy, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I understand. Okay, uh, Norway but, uh, anonymous. Maybe, huh? maybe we can see. We can see. Are you Norway anonymous? <laughs> uh, I, I'm in Norway. Yes. I, I did ask you that. <laughs> Pardon? What was that? Norway anonymous. Norway anonymous. Oh, I have, I have partaken in anonymous. Okay, makes sense. Uh, okay, let me come clean uh, without incriminating myself. I hope when they took down Assange, there was this uh, just amazing coalescence. I think it was the first time it was very publicly 
visible that all the players are cooperating. So the banks tried to isolate WikiLeaks, PayPal, you remember? Everyone just right. attacked WikiLeaks at the same time as if it was like a gun went off and said, bam, now yeah, yeah. Uh, attack. And there was an anonymous campaign to attack these institutions back then. And I may or may not have partaken in that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I know some folks in Norway Anonymous. And uh, okay. so uh, That's uh, great. anyway, life goes on. We'll talk yeah. about that on the next show. We'll do. Super. All right. Let that be the cliffhanger. <laughs> All right. Well, Al, well, I appreciate it very much. It was fun. Yeah, it was. And George, it's very important the work you do. Yeah, I, I really, appreciate really that. respect. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you. So God bless you, man. All right. Yep. Take care. You take care. Yeah. Bye. 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 Okay. So far with George today, but like we implied in the show, another is beckoning. Now, I finally realized I have to start educating um, the YouTube segment of my listeners because there are so many misunderstandings uh, leading to needless frustration and honestly unfair criticism of us. And, and of course, it's on me because I'm just assuming people know how stuff is when I realize there's no way for them to know unless they really pay attention and investigate it. So let me put it very straight how we do these things. Bella tells you in every show that all our main programs are free. And they will remain free, okay? So when some people see that we announce shows only accessible at our websites for subscribers, subscribers, by the way, are people who donate to us. If you donate a a minimum of a dollar a month, you have access. You can sign up and then log in and you will find... Per today, probably over 20 shows not released to YouTube yet. Now, some people get annoyed. Oh, you're withholding. Oh, you're only into this for the money. Oh, this is uh, unfair. And I, you know, I appreciate the frustration because it means you're actually uh, so into our shows that you get angry from not having access to them. So you're coming from the right place, bro. But every show is free and will eventually be flushed out to YouTube. There's two reasons they're not immediately flushed out. The original reason is that we want to retain like about five shows at any given time so that we have an incentive for folks to chip in and then get access. Because let's face it, not everyone does this from the idealism place. And so if we can get some of those greedy sheepskates to chip in too (laughs) by getting access to more of it, fine, we'll do that. At least it beats what most of the other shows do, which is retain entire parts too, etc. Or just full shows never coming out in the public. Okay? So before you bitch on us, start criticize them for that. If you do that, you're consistent. So this is why I have to explain, no, 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 it's not that we don't want them out there. We just need to keep at any given time five shows. Now, why are there over 20 shows? Probably more, I haven't counted. Well, that's to do with the enormous resource demanding process of actually 
getting stuff out to YouTube because YouTube demands videos and to make videos is time consuming. So by all means criticize that but not until you've started making videos for us. Then you're at in a position to criticize. So unless you want to chip in with your work then shut up about that. So um, we had a little marathon in the beginning of 2020. I think it was, well, it was March, I think. And we're going to have more marathons to get more shows out because the bottleneck is starting to become ridiculous. But the good news here is that you can actually access more shows than what we managed to get out on YouTube so far. You can do that by checking out a podcast platform. And I don't care if you use iTunes, Apple, uh, Spotify, you know, the new Joe Rogan Haven, or Google Podcasts or whatever they are all called. I myself uh, use as a platform Podbean, but you don't have to use that. You can use any, like I said. So do that. If you go there, you'll find probably 10 pre-releases, as we call them. They are pre-releases as long as they're not out on YouTube, because that's traditionally been our main platform. We'll see what the future brings. If YouTube really is a sinking ship, finally, then we have no qualms of joining the other rats, (laughs) leaving it. But so far it is, and yeah, why why the podcast and not YouTube? Well, because podcast platforms are audio only, so it takes nothing to just get something up there. I'm sure you can see that logic. So, no, throw no stones. We are not uh, blackmailing you. We do try to get everything out, and everything will come out eventually. You just have to be patient. And if you're not patient, fine. Throw a dollar away, buy us a coffee, and you can get everything today. So that's it. That's why. It's nothing to do with milking. I remember, you know, people couldn't wait for the Antarctica updates with Cliff High and the same with Pharrell's Ancient War in Heaven series and so on. We, we see this often. Some shows are extremely popular and people want immediate access. And I know it's harsh times. It is harsh times. So I don't blame you for not affording donating. There are people who can't donate because they can't afford it. Then there's people who can't donate because they have no means to. I mean like practical means, not money. But um, they have no credit card or whatever. Or they're boycotting PayPal. Fair. That's totally fair. We've had people send us money in the post. Uh, I don't recommend that as a, as a first solution. And there are those who use crypto. And I'm happy to announce that we finally have crypto. We can receive, I think, in 10 different uh, cryptocurrencies. So if you go to a website, you'll see details about it there. Um, but yeah, it's hard times, it's hard times, and I don't blame you. Um, so go to a podcast platform if you want more shows than what's on YouTube. But do remember to subscribe. I'm not asking anyone to donate. It's more important that you have food on your table. But I am asking you to subscribe. There's no excuse not to subscribe. I usually say if you listen to one show, fine, you're off the hook. If you listen to two or more, there's no excuse do subscribe, whether it be YouTube, where you will be unsubscribed often by the algorithm. So make sure you are subscribed there too and clicking the bell, of course. Otherwise, there's no point. 
and uh, yeah on the podcast platform we need to get the numbers up you know if we had huge numbers in subscription that could alleviate some of what we lack in monetary contributions but we're really below the par on both we have people asking us why 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 do we have so few I don't, I can't answer that. Well, I can actually, and I do. But um, I'll not tire you down with that explanation here and now. But it's really on you to answer it uh, in one way. And um, yeah, people just expect a show like ours to have a much, much bigger following. But that can happen if you yourself subscribe. It will help getting it out there uh, due to it influencing the algorithm and the same if you share of course as cliff tells us in our pending show with him called secrets of the digital world check that out it's exciting stuff okay i hope i've made the case clear now so you understand how it goes i'm sorry i have to keep repeating this in many future shows until We've covered the most diversity in topic shows so that we know we reach as many of a different segment of diverse listeners as we have. And, you know, in these hard times, there's a lot of fear. And many people, when they hear the stuff that George today was telling us about, they can't, they really can't handle it. That's in fact why the consensus wave has never been greater than it is today. People were more (laughs) system critical back in the 70s. So it's horrible. And it's just because people can't handle it emotionally. I'm not taking anything away from fair criticism of real conspiracy theory nuts. But this demonization of conspiracy theory as a guise for trying to smack down power criticism and any kind of real old school journalism really is getting out of hand. And they couldn't get away with it if it wasn't for so many neurotic people being full of fear. And it doesn't help when we get in a crisis. You see that in the Trump derangement syndrome. Now, I'll join any queue that are lashing out criticism to the Trump administration any day of the week. But it has to be real substantial criticism and not this bull Trump derangement syndrome thing that actually does nothing other than benefit him in the end. (laughs) So so those suckers who fall into that, they really are giving him a hand, if anything. But to you people who are riddled with fear, you know Marie Curie, the French uh, scientist who, who really gave her life for researching cures. So she said, nothing in life is to be feared. It is only to be understood. Now is the time to understand more so that we may fear less. So amen to that, and uh, I'm reminded of the old Persian adage, this too shall pass. So it's important that you, we can't be children. We can't, for, on the one hand, wait for a savior. I don't care if you think the savior is Trump or any other politician, and we, we cannot be so infantile that we can't handle exploring reality and the darker aspects of it. You know, just a few years ago, actually, 
there would be no problem having shows like what we have today. But nowadays, it doesn't fly. It's not popular anymore. People don't want, they need their fix, the authoritarian fix, which is why I think we're heading for fascism. So many countries in the world are, uh, unless the populace wake up and are good with changes and start embracing changes and start being in the vanguard of pushing changes because changes won't be bad if enough good people are on it. But if you back the suppressive powers that be, we're going to continue the drip drip change into a much worse place. And these reactions you see towards that power abuse is just a lost wriggling of those few who are aware enough to protest. Even when the protests are bullshit and people are buying into bull, it's still healthy that their default reaction is not to buy automatically buy into everything the authorities are telling them. It's better that you err on the side of a conspiracy hypothesis then you err on the side of the coincidence theories, which are exploited to suppress you further. So have some stamina. And, um, you know, not always are the changes for the better. And uh, it's hard to say where we're going from here. Often when you think you're at the end of something, you're at the beginning of something else. In fact, as I always. So uh, let's see where this leads. But remember, people, everything will be okay in the end. If it's not okay, it's not the end. And that golden reminder came from none other than the sage John Lennon. Okay, thanks for checking into the forum today. And because of your support and my excellent team, I'm continuing to be your host, Al. Remaining yours sincerely. Be seeing you. Who is number one?